We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Yo, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Sunday to everybody. Uh, I'm your gracious host, uh, Charles Cole III, and I'm here with my brother, Ray Ankrum. Uh, just got through seeing this Negro not that long ago, but uh, we are all back in our respective corners. Uh, we will not have all of the hands tonight, but tonight's show, we named it something else, Ray, but we should have named it Labor of Love because we all got off the plane and ran home. And Ray ain't got no camera or nothing like that. And we're looking <laughs> up his nose. Uh, but but the show must go on and we are here and I'm excited to be here. How you doing, Ray? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we were working on a lot of stuff uh, at our undisclosed retreat place. And, um, you know, I was able to nail some stuff down, down in these airport uh, lounges, streets. So it was cool. That's what's up, man. Well, tonight I'm excited about tonight's episode. And, and Ray, I got to thank you for it because, you know, it's an issue that means a lot to both of us. And it's basically COVID was really, really tough on a lot of people, but it was really tough on our kids. So for folks that know, um, and I'm sure this shouldn't be a surprise, especially if you listen to this show, it has been bad and rough for black and brown kids for a long time. Uh, and that only got exacerbated during uh, COVID. And so tonight, we wanted to have a discussion about, you know, what some of those impacts have been, talk about it and lead off on it. And I'm going to throw it to you, Ray, just to kind of lead us into that piece, because on our show, you are the person that leads a full district and you got to see this stuff firsthand. And I know you are also doing a bunch of research and some writing that I won't say anything about. So um, I'm going to throw it to you, brother. Yeah, no problem. And so, um, you know, when we think about COVID and we think about like its adverse effects that it's had just, just on humankind, right? Uh, we also have to think about how it disproportionately affects minoritized people. And so when we start to look at uh, school districts that haven't had, uh, that have had problems with like folks signing on, like with, with, with kids signing on, right? Um those are all things that are that 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 we're gonna have to pay close attention to, you know, when we are back in person. But you know, there's this thing about being back in person. Now we have the Delta variant, right? That uh, that is more powerful than than any other uh, variant that we've seen thus far. And uh, you know, remember we saw the UK variant, and then there was like a a, a variant from uh, from African countries, um, but. Uh, this new Delta variant is, is, you know, we're, we're starting to see it impact people that have been vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the thought of that and going back into schools, you know, the number one goal for, for everybody, superintendent, uh, uh, school board members, is to get people safely back in person. But, you know, it, bro, I got a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions with regards to this because, like, I've seen it firsthand in terms of the 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 amount of impact that it had that it has had on Black and Brown kids. Like, kids mm -hmm. need to be in schools, right? So, like, you know, we talk about, you know, there had there have been like some successes in terms of like, you know, kids that have found found their space uh, in online learning. 
but that's not all kids. And it's definitely not the majority of kids based off of the kids that I'm seeing every day. Right. And I'm seeing that, you know, kid, when kids are in, in school, they're, they're learning better. But then also, you know, there's the teaching component. Right. And so if teachers are not safe in their space, they're not, not they're not teaching at their best. So like, we got a lot of things that we need to work on. And in some instances, we only have a month in order to get things right and get things safe in order to get school back rocking and rolling. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Well, I'm with it, man. And I think that there's been some really real, you know, consequences that have affected our young people. And there's a bunch of articles and we can try to get them up or whatnot. But basically, there's a few different things. There's there's districts where 41 percent of the kids uh, have under a 1.0 GPA in school. There's other places where they can't even find students like students have just disappeared and gone. There's been a height. It's one of the the, the largest uh, high school dropouts exodus that we've ever seen in the modern era and the vast majority of the young people impacted we get it the worst as black people and i think that like having this this is what the hands is here for to kind of have this conversation and this discussion and basically you're like yo what is it that we need to be talking to parents and telling parents about now i like how you let off ray thinking about teachers because that's your job you know what i'm saying you have to like yo if i don't have a staff that i'm in charge of that feels safe and feels welcome i can't do my job my perspective on this, and I think this is good that it's probably just us two on this one. You take that role and then I'll take that community, uh, that community role. Right. And we can go in and out. You can also like yeah. advocate for kids and families. And so what I, what I would say is, is now, parents, I know that we tell you all we are on our own every week. I know that we say this. And but you are about to see this in a way that you've probably not seen this before. And I want to make sure that you are just as protected as possible. And, and so Ray, you are actually really good about being on code and say, like, you're like, yo, we look at our kids through a deficit model. In my dissertation, I write about us looking at our kids through a deficit model and, and, and things of this nature. And we both feel like that. What I have been seeing more though, which I'm pushing on is, I'm seeing people have more fervent conversations about whether we should say learning loss or something else, as opposed to, actually making sure we're getting in doing the work. I don't give a damn what you call it at this point. Yeah. At this yeah. point, I'm calling the SOS on what we need to kind of do for our babies and what parents can kind of do to be more equipped. Um, so to the people out there in Twitter land, I know that's your job. I know y'all are doing it and I know y'all got the best intentions and I'm with you. You tell me what to call it. That makes you feel good. That's fine. But right now you can call it, you can call it green eggs and ham. The fact is, is that black kids are being left out in the cold and ain't nothing rosy and peachy waiting for them on the other side of this if we don't get a handle on this stuff right now. Right. And so I, I think one, one of the concerns that I have, if I'm a parent, because like we're going to be interweaving with roles or whatever, because I mm. am a parent. And Absolutely. So one, of, one, of, one of the concerns that I'm I'm having uh, is that, you know, I'm, I want to know if if my child's teacher is vaccinated. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that I know that that's a very, that's very murky water to kind of travel in and navigate. through, Right. But if I'm sending my kid to to, to a school and I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> am I sending my kid to to a school where teachers are vaccinated and like what kind of conversations are, ha are, are being had with regards to that? And the reason why I'm saying that is because um, uh, Josh Reef needs the link. 
Keep going. Keep going. I yeah. got you. So, so yeah, yeah. So, if, if, but if, if I'm thinking about that, that's an extreme. That's a very important. That's a very important aspect of if I want to send my child back in person or not, right? Um, and then you know, there's there's just so much going on in terms of like these vaccinations and stuff. And I know you know you have another hat that you wear. Uh, mm-hmm. With regards to you know the the, the healthcare component, right? But right. remember, remember, like you know, back in the day when 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 that J and J vaccine had just been released, and I was like, I don't want no seventy percent of my body or whatever, and I was going off, and people were mm-hmm. like, Oh, Ray, you don't know what you're talking about in terms of efficacy and like all these other things and whatnot, right? And now you got labels being put on that J and J vaccine and stuff, you know, and then. It's very troubling for our community because we've had such bad experiences with right. with, with vaccines and with and just writ large with just like medicine uh, against uh, minoritized people. So you know it, it's a it's a it's a very important conversation. Hey, it's a real important one, and I'm with you, bro. <laughs> and and, and L. Michelle just jumped in and said that teachers are getting vaccinated. Some are, some are not, and, yes. and some of them have actually been instructed to not report whether they have gotten vaccinated or not right like there actually yes. are some unions that are are, are fighting uh, around disclosure ctu uh, ctu mm-hmm. so so that, yeah so so all teachers are not getting necessarily getting vaccinated but also i think this drives another thing that i would love for us to learn in the united states i think that we should we should really learn from COVID, and i think that we should go to uh we should have a modular education model i agree with one of the parents that popped that popped in and said you know, kids don't necessarily have to be in school for seven hours a day. Uh, there are some schools that I'm aware of where they had like a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. And and kids had like digital learning the other days or some kids opted in for full in person and some opted in. You know, I think that we should be smart enough as a nation, as a community now, because listen, man. One size fits all education has never worked uh, and it definitely doesn't work for black kids. And I think that this is the moment. This is one of those forced recess that you get to have. Um, Look at David. I I feel like we should invite David on. That's my sorry. Sorry. You know know how I feel about that guy. You know, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying, David? You you hit one (laughs) of us in the DM, brother. We might have you be. Um, cause he is a principal and I would love to get another principal's kind of take on it. But, but, I, but, I, but I think that we need to actually learn a lesson and what we can make this thing look different moving forward. And I think that that's just, the, the time is now. And if we don't yeah. do it now, right? Like, <laughs> like when will it kind of happen? And, and I just really want pa- parents, this is what I feel like you should be able to ask questions. You should ask these questions. Hey, is there an option where my kid, can, I, I want my kid in class. I want them to do this. You know, you should feel good asking those questions. Write letters. Get your friends to write stuff. Y'all go in together. I think that we have to start demanding stuff. And I think that we do. But strategically speaking, black parents, brown parents need to kind of partner up, buddy up and kind of ask those questions together. And I think that you you probably you might be surprised at the response you get, especially if you threaten to take your kid out because they have lost so many black kids. And they and that's the thing that, that worries me the most. Jamoke talks about this a lot. How you just lose kids. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Between, between that and between uh, not being able to get them online, right? Like them not having online access mm-hmm. and stuff, right? And so then, you know, if you, so, 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 so uh, let's, let's, you know, let's talk about it, right? So like the, you, you made, you made reference to um, uh, 41% of students in Baltimore City mm-hmm. uh, underperforming, uh, performing with, with, with a grade point average of, of 1.0 or lower, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, prior to COVID, uh, those percentages, 
cases were, I think, at 28 percent. So like mm-hmm. you can see that, you know, COVID exasper- exasperated, um, uh, you know, the uh, academic performance in, 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 in uh, a heavily minoritized um, area. And so, you know, that that number, even though, you know, it, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's polarized in the media right now in terms of Baltimore. But that's, that's happening in, in every urban city mm-hmm. right now. Right. And it's also happening in rural areas and it's also mm-hmm. happening in suburban areas, too. But, you know, they, they, they got the data from, from Baltimore. But like, I'm sure that shit is happening in the suburbia and it's happening in rural areas. Why aren't they? Why aren't they also highlighting? Why aren't those areas being highlighted as well? Because in these red states, uh, COVID numbers are skyrocketing right now. I know that teachers that are in these red states, they they have there's there's some definite concerns that they have right now. One concern is uh is this this anti CRT kick, mm-hmm. but then the next the next concern has to be these skyrocketing COVID numbers, right? Because if if I'm a teacher, regardless if I've been vaccinated or not, if I'm going to a school with a variant that's as dangerous as this Delta variant, bro, I don't want to be in school with, 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 with people that are not being vaccinated. I don't. I that's not what I want do mm. we got king reef in the building what's up man i'm glad you made it back home safely brother you look hey, good man. yeah good to see y'all man good to see y'all i know again. it ain't like i didn't just see you earlier <laughs> <know>. today <laughs> <laughs> no that's, that's what's up that's what's up sorry running late man it's uh when you get back home and and you're just trying to get everything all a whole bunch of stuff but good to see y'all <laughs> Yeah, mm, it's all good. So what we talking about, uh, Sharif, and I think you got a little bit of it. We're just talking about the actual impacts that's starting to come out now in studies and articles. Uh, you know, on my Friday show, we were going to talk about it, but we didn't get a chance to. And then there is a thing about the 41 percent. There are academic studies that's coming out and surprise, surprise. Right. Black kids are kind of bearing the brunt of a lot of this stuff. And so that's what we were having a discussion on. So I don't know, you about to get this, this, this screen to Sharif, uh, producer. Uh, we want to get your initial <laughs> thoughts, brother. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, if, as we've spoken about a whole bunch of times, this is not, you know, new in our community as far as being shafted, you know, bearing the brunt, as you said, things being exacerbated um, through this pandemic because of the racist endemic that laid the foundations for uh, things to, you know, just really be a, you know, just massive, massive, uh, you know, challenges, you know, um, all around. So when you look at... You know, folks who are already uh, not having the relationships, you know, and then now it's transitioned. Um, and, and we spoke about this a little bit, Ankrum, like some schools are going to have kids coming back that they haven't seen in two years. Two you years. Know? Yeah. If absolutely. they come back. Right. Like and it really depends on like what filled that void. Yeah. You know, during that time. And do they do they actually come back? And and how are they welcoming them? Mm. And I was uh, I, I talked a That's little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I talked a little bit about that data, Um, uh, the Center for Reinventing Public Education, CRPE, had put out some data as far as like what district stimulus funding priorities were. It's been interesting because some districts you hear about, like parents are sharing what they what they uh, believe is important, you know, staff and things like that. And then there's some places that where they're saying like, hey, you know what? Our input is not welcomed. (laughs) It's not desired. It's not we're not being heard. Um, But this uh, piece that the CRPE put out uh, says about 51 percent are one that helps students make up lost instructional time. Now, I would just want to add this uh, one piece, uh, you know, there are some districts that said that told parents, hey, if you don't want we're not offering a hybrid version in the fall. 
And if you don't like it, take your kid elsewhere. So take right. your kid elsewhere. Pull that. Pull that trigger. If you, you know what I mean? Like, and it, they've since yeah, changed so it's, it. It's not. It's not as easy as. It's not as easy as that, right? Especially if you don't have access to, to elsewhere, right? So, yeah, but that's just like whoa. But but that, what that shows me is that there's some districts who are just sprinting to try to get back to where it was, as bad as it was, right? Not like, yeah. oh, you know what? Yeah. We should probably actually do something different. We should probably use this to try to individualize things as much as possible. We should yeah. probably try to do things that, that are as responsive as 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 we can be. But instead, they're like, nah, listen, we we getting back to that the, how we used to do it, and forget y'all if you ain't if you ain't down with it. Some families are just like, yo, I don't know if I'm still feeling safe, especially as I think when I came in, you're talking about the rises again, the spikes that are that are going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah man. Reef, Reef, uh, one, one, one uh, specific uh, statistic that you left out was that uh, I think only 8% of uh, of the funding is going towards uh, the embedment of teachers. Like, so for teacher preparation, like getting teachers uh, to improve. And so, Teachers are already tra- some some teachers. Let me say it. Yeah, let me just clarify. Yeah. So it's yeah, it was like eight percent supporting the the pipeline because you know the one thing uh, and I forget this this uh, stat like the amount of folks who said that they were contemplating retirement and the ones yeah. who actually let retirement or just right. straight quit and said like you know what I'm I'm making actually better uh yep. <laughs> better salary being a bartender yeah man. Uh, that, or a manager at Seven Eleven. Instead yeah. of uh, instead of you know uh, teaching your children, I mean, fam, there there are. I mean, COVID has taken a, a, a thrashing on a lot of industries, right? Like, there's stores and restaurants that's just like we ain't got enough employees, right? Um, so I'm not surprised that that's happening um, at schools. I know a lot of teachers that teach in Milwaukee, but have moved to Texas and they have moved to Florida in the pandemic, right? And just mm-hmm. I don't know if they're coming back. And so you know, I think that. You know, Jamoke just took my number four. I'm 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 on, my, I'm on number two of my answer or whatnot. But I think that parents should start demanding the data. I think that if if black parents are saying, "Hey, how many of yeah. our kids have we retained, and what is it looking like for our teachers coming back?" Because that's something that I would want to know. Like I would wait, listen wait, if wait, I had parents. Say, can you clarify when you say retained? Yeah, yeah. Like basically, so in Oakland, we have just kids that are lost and gone, bro. Like we don't know. Yeah. What happened? So we have a course of numbers around that. Right. I don't know how publicly that stuff is being uh, put out there. And I think that if parents start to like demand it and start to do their own blogs or post it or whatever, I think that that's important to draw attention and light to it. Because, listen, as much as everybody talk about transparency for charter schools. Right. I think every type of school and people should be asking for this. And this is a if this is a public school system, you should be able to know, yo, we had an enrollment of 1,200 kids, and now it's more like 950, according to our ADA data that came. And then the last thing that I was going to say, and before I say this next point, people, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Hey, Toya, we need y'all to like this. We need you to share it. We need you to comment. We want to make sure that you are a part of this conversation. We depend on you to get this message out to the masses, and we love you and we appreciate you hey, for it. Hey, I told hey, you, it's hey, a labor hey, of Charles, love. Charles, hey, Charles, Charles, you know, hey, you know, you know how uh, well I, you've been in the classroom, and I know you've seen this happen, right? And so, a lot of times, you know, you have a teacher that's like, okay, I'll wait. 
<laughs> you know, you know, until, until I see this number yeah. double, until this number double, we just gonna be here. Oh, yeah, I, I seen some of those kids. I saw some of those uh, folks that say that they they wait the entire period because kids like, oh, you waiting? Well, check this out. You better wait. And you know what? You know what they say next? You know what they say next, Sharif? I got mine. You better get yes, yours. Yes, I'm good. I'll get paid regardless. That's what they yeah. say to your little black kids. Whether they you let learn you know. or not. Yeah. Like that's that's I, I hate you know what I hated when we would go around the country and no matter what uh group of folks we were in, everybody's they, they heard had it. heard that, man. That that makes me yeah. sick to my stomach, man. Everybody's that's, heard it. Everybody's heard it. But the last <laughs> point that I was gonna make, y'all, was and Jamoke said this, but I'm gonna tell you how to do it. I this is the time to get an IEP for your kid, and somebody got an echo. But this is the time to get an IEP for your kids. And this is what you do and how you have to do it. And I know in the state of California, I'm assuming it's similar in other places, but I'm not sure. If you request an IEP in writing, the district is required to respond to you within 30 days. That's what it was when I was a social worker. Those things might have changed. The reason why I would say this right now is because the IEP is a legal document and it can supersede certain codes. So like you can actually request certain things or you can get certain things like excused or whatever the case is. Some of you may make the case in your IEP that my kid needs to have a mix of in-person and and, and online instruction. I don't, I don't know what they're willing to negotiate in your district, but I would want to have a, an official individualized contract with my kids' school and district uh, right now, especially when things are so in limbo. No, that definitely, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to draw back to, man, is that, uh, you know, as a superintendent of a system, you see resumes, right? And, you know, one of the, one of the uh, resumes that stuck out to me uh, during this hiring cycle was when I, I started to see pod teachers, right? Like, I'm sitting, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just like, man, like, you know, how how captivating would that be for, for, for minoritized people, for them to, like, actually, like, have that kind of access to pods or whatever, right? Because, like, I know me and Reef, we, Reef, we had an in-depth discussion about this, about, like, how you came up and how your sisters, like, raised their kids or whatever in terms of, like, them not really going into school, but, like, school being a community, right? And, like, going back to that whole nation-building kind of thing in terms of just, like, you know, um, the village, Right. And like the importance of the village in terms of like raising kids and like, you know, uh, enriching our students. Man, I, I feel like I, I feel like this episode, man, we need to give parents some hope, man, because, like, you know, some, there's somebody in this audience right now that's like that's hopeless right now. That's saying to themselves, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do with my kid uh, this fall. Or I don't know what what my sister's gonna do with my nephew. I don't know what my brother's gonna do with my niece or whatever, you know. And I feel like you know we need to have uh, uh, some 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 streamlined things and takeaways, right? And Charles, I'm glad that you're doing that because I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you know, I wish that you know, and uh, hey, cool. I've asked, I've texted Anchor probably like five, six times, like, yo, how much Biden bucks your school district getting? You know, he ain't tell me yet. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot of the you know I, I just wish that a suppose a portion of the Biden bucks were you know 
for uh, schools and district. So some of it continued with families to say like, hey, you're going to have to supplement no matter what your school is offering. You're going to have to supplement, right? Like, and it can go to, you know, this type of program, museum, CBO that you really love, you know, Girl Scout, you know, whatever, you know, like subscriptions, like suppose some of that was actually focused on families. What do you want to do? And just let's make the assumption that, you know what, black and brown children, you're going to have to supplement no matter what's going on in your uh, school and district. And some of that was funneled directly to the families in order to do that. Right. Like, what you know, I, and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, what? here's what a lot of families might be interested in. Right. You look at some of those camps and when I look at some of the prices for for some of the summer programs, I'm just like, yo, who can afford that? You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is 500 bucks a week. You know what I mean? For a child to go to that program and that may be that child's passion. That may be that child's exploratory uh, experience, but they don't have it. Just suppose some of that. And so, you know, maybe what? Superintendent Ankrum, um, you know, might hey, give us hey. Hey, I'm all, I'm all good. Thanks for calling me out. Hey, listen. So 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 here's my take on that, bro. I I feel like uh, some of these. I know we got some Christians in here, and so I'm about to say this. It's gonna be inflammatory. But some of these black churches need to get up off their ass, and they need to do a vacation Bible school the way that it used to be done. They need to do enriching activities. So like th- these things shouldn't just fall on the school, right? It shouldn't just fall on the school because we know the schools are most. Well, not, I won't say most, but we know some schools that are not doing right by black and brown kids. And so if we know that there are schools that are not doing right by, by black and brown folks, then we as black people need to get out and like and, and, and find these instances of, 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 of people that, that will and can do right by us. Right. And you know, and what? So, I ain't going to let you just give heat to the to the churches. I'm going to say I'm going to double down on that and say the same thing to the massages and anywhere else. Absolutely. You know, the mosques, synagogues, all of it. I, I think I shared this, uh, this, uh, you know, Islamic. Ray got you know, my number quote, five. That was my number five thing. Oh, OK. <laughs> Out of school quote before, if if these if massages, if masters, if places of worship don't have children voices in the background, they should fear for their future. Right. Mm-hmm. Meaning like if they're not investing as a religious uh, entity and saying like, oh, we're just about the, the souls of the adults. If you're not instilling support and, and uh, contributing, investing, that's the word I'm looking for. If you're not investing in the youth and you can't hear them in that place, in that space. You should fear for your future. And that's for that's for all faith based institutions. Yo. Well, and, you know, yep. we just spent all this time together. I, and I think y'all know where I'm going with this. Y'all know how I feel about the out of school uh, supports. Uh, it, it was not my school that got me where I needed to. It was those. it was the boys club. It was these after school programs. It was my church. Parents, community, students. Listen to me. CBOs, community-based organizations, after-school programs, they get, they have tax breaks too. They are nonprofits or whatever, and they're, they are charged with serving the community. You should go to your local and see what they're doing to help supplement some of this stuff. You know, we just, we're talking about this. In Chinatown, they have Chinese school. Like, they have alternative things. When I was at Lafayette Elementary, and I still lived in the shelter, I was at the boys club until 8 p.m., 9 p.m., like whenever they closed, and we did stuff around homework. Like, they helped me academically and gave me an outlet place, you know what I'm saying, which was also helping my parents out as they was trying to find jobs and stuff. So don't give heat to your school, right? But if you got a community center, if you got some of this stuff there, like, you got to also put the screws to them too. Like, nobody gets a pass when it comes to your baby. 
Nobody gets a pass when it comes to your kids, especially if they get a tax break from the government to serve communities. And I think that a lot of these organizations are ready, willing and are just waiting for the opportunity to actually show what they can do. Because the, the relationships I had at the boys club, teachers couldn't replicate that just because these weren't trained teachers like like these were cats from the community. These were cats when I was out of line, like they corrected me like a community cat would, you know what I'm saying? And like, they knew who I was cause they were those people. So if you got, and, and, and right now, let me know if in the comments, who are the community organizations in your neighborhood? Just list them out, list them out because you might be helping somebody else and, and, and spark something for them that they didn't even know was out there. So, so real quick, I want to I want to jump in here because I know Reef was talking about these Biden bucks, right? And so I I, I want to put this out there for folks that are, that that are here. Any school that has that that receives Title One funding, right? Any school that receives Title One funding, you have to have Title One meetings with parents, right? Like, so parents have to come in and you have to tell them what your plan is in order to use this Title One money. And so I know a lot of schools aren't doing that. A lot of schools aren't doing that. Right. And so, so, you know, just like how, how they I mean, with one so, parent, like, hey, sign off with this yeah. paper right here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And so, Tell and so how check having, bike. yeah. And so uh, how we're not having these in, inclusive type conversations about what's going to happen with this Biden money, you know, it, it, that's nothing new in terms of how people, how, how schools sweep things under the rug or whatever, it, it, you know, in, in order to get to get to their grade. Right. Which is uh, making sure that payroll is met. And making sure that they're able to do and sustain things that they need to do uh, in, in, in order for, you know, in, in order for them to continue to fail black and brown kids. And so for us, we got to demand those types of things. Right. And so I just gave you a gift. I just let you know that every year, if your school gets Title One funding, there's a meeting. So now you can follow up and you can say to your principal, like, hey, when when are we having that Title One meeting for you guys to tell us what you guys are doing with Title One funding? There it is, right there. That's, hey. that's the one takeaway that I said I wasn't going to get y'all. But, but Ray, but Ray, I'm going to stay with you. Stay with me now because I'm going to say this point and then go get some more coffee because, again, this tonight show is a labor of love and we all some zombies. But <laughs> to stay with you, and, and, and I want to shout out my sister Jamoke on this. Like, in those SSC meetings, right, get on your school's case if those meetings are only on Thursday at, at, at 11 a.m. and you yeah. can't be there. And I want to give Jamoke props because she would come in and she would say, Black parents are not like a lot of these other cultures. They are at work. And the same way that if that teacher or that organiz- or that, that school don't want to do it because it's outside of work hours, it's like, yeah, you at work right now, too. You know what I'm saying? So make sure this stuff is actually palatable you, for, for you and your schedule. And here's another pro tip. You got to make some friends amongst your fellow parents. And this is why. Because if it's, a, it's, a, if it's five of y'all, and three of y'all can't make it, at least you got two other people there holding it down for you and your kids. We have to take the village concept more serious now than any other time. This is a reset for all of us. And I want to thank Jamoke as our board member in Oakland because she got a lot of crap, a lot of stuff, but she would not let schools disparage black parents. She would not let them just have these horrible times. She would call it out and say, just like you got to work and you don't want to do this at five o'clock or six o'clock because you try because you've been at work all day. What you think is happening with these parents that make less than you that's still trying to hustle and do multiple jobs. So 
You know, those are unsung, yeah. the unsung conversations that a lot of people don't get to hear. I'm going to be back. I'm getting some coffee, yeah. though. Yeah, but, but speak, speaking speaking of that, though, you know, uh, speaking of the, the conversations that are had, because, uh, you know, Jamoke was involved in the meetings, and right? And she was probably involved in the pre-meetings. Shout out to Jamoke, right? But there's a lot of folks that don't have seats at the table. And so, you know, we have to be the people that do have seats at the table at the pre-meeting and the meetings. Right. We have to make sure that we're representing for, for, for our neighborhoods, that we're representing for the folks that, you know, that, that are not at the table in order to have those types of conversations and that we're talking about folks, you know, in, in a manner in which it's like, I, right, you know, you're not in the room, but you in the room because I'm in the room. Right. So that's 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 how I always feel about the seat that I have at the table. Right. Like it's just not yeah, my seat. Yeah. It, it's it's all about everybody in the community and me represent for everybody in the community. But then also, you know, it, man, this is this. Wow, yeah, this is an emotional conversation for me, man, because, yeah. you know, it, it's like, man, I'm 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 helping on everybody in my community getting access and being able to do the things that, you know, that they need to do, because I understand what education can do for you. You know, once you have it, like once you once you're in in a, in a pipeline to receive a really good education, education changes lives. It changes lives. That's why they don't want y'all to have it. The um, you know, the, I mean, you brought up so many good points, and particularly that you know, uh, I'm in the room because you're in the room, right? And like, and I and I knew families who, when they couldn't, they would have like little, like almost trees, right? Like, uh, what they call it the the phone chain or the phone tree phone or whatever. Phone right? tree. Yeah. Phone tree. Yeah. So like at, if somebody couldn't make it, they were huddling afterwards and debriefing. Right. And it was just like all part of the, uh, the conversation, I guess. You know, and the reason why this would, uh, some of this stuff would frustrate me, like how, uh, you know, folks, educators in particular, uh, look at communities because they're like, Oh, parents don't come parents. Like I was, you know, 26 years. And I've said this before, I was only in three schools. I never saw this non, uh, we never had like a lack of involvement of families, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't even, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, they, I, it was just such a foreign concept um, for me to think that. And I think it's because like how the schools that I was blessed to be in looked at the families as partners, looked at yeah. the, and literally like, I'm accountable to you, right? Mm-hmm. So how could I, you know, not make sure, you know, and I, I shared this a couple of years ago, like we even had like our, our back to school nights wasn't nice. It was like three versions and get Absolutely. in where you can fit in, right? Well, like come cool. whenever, yep. come when you want. And then when they would say, oh, you know, as the kids get older, parents don't care. Our best attendance was the higher grades. You know, sometimes like Absolutely. 100% of the of the students' families would be there for the seniors for different meetings, right? Like their college yeah. career pathways and students were presenting, here's what my goals are, here's what I'm going to do, right? And so it's just like, you know what, y'all have these, but if you look at the community as a deficit and you're telling kids like, hey, what I'm giving you is going to give you the the uh, the freedom to escape where you're coming from, escape your grandmama's house, <laughs> escape your, your, you know, your your uncle's uh, porch, escape, escape, escape. Right. If you have that kind of framework, even if you don't say it, it's going to come out. It's going to manifest itself in how you set up schedules, how you engage with families, how you, you know, uh, create a culture a non-welcoming culture that's deliberately created, right? All of that comes in. If you don't look at, if you look at the community, it's like, you know what? Like, we wish y'all weren't even here, <laughs> you know? It's absolutely I'm, insane. I'm, I'm doing all kind of agency today, man. And I can't wait for my brother to finish his dissertation because he's doing it on community engagement. And 
that holds a, a very special place in my heart. Another thing that we did um, was we had superintendent parent forms on Saturdays. And, and what that was is that was actually a way for the superintendent without the board, without without all these buffers or whatever. That was his time to actually address parents and parents to address him and he can make relationships. And he was just actually really good at that. Now, let me ask Ray and Sharif, both in their respective roles as superintendent and principal. Ray, if a group of parents says, you know what, man, we would love to be able to see you in our community at least one Saturday a month where we could just get to talk to you and ask you direct questions and build with you. Would you say no? Hell no. Absolutely. And it ain't just the superintendents. I'm about to show you some agency for educators and for principals. Sharif, if parents was like, look, man, I know you got a busy schedule, but if we can get one Saturday with you, maybe every month, maybe once every two months, you know what I'm saying? Would you say no to those parents? I'd be like, say less. I'm there. You and know? here's the thing. And what and some people, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And what some people gonna say is, well, the school not open or whatever. One, you got to talk to your people. But let's say the school won't open. You should do it in community anyway. Find a church, find a community center, find a mosque, find a place where people congregate and talk to your people. Right now, they need you to talk to them. They need to know. They need reassurances. And guess what? You don't have to have all the answers. You get to say, I don't know. Our superintendent was cool. Yeah, and our superintendent was cool because we took notes on everything. And I would show people. I wrote all their questions down, and he would get staff on each and every one of those things, and he would personally check in on it to make sure that thing got answered, right? And like, yeah. and, if, and if we didn't get it, we would invite those parents into the office. Like, I know, because I had to go get them. And I'm saying this to somebody, and Jamoke knows, we was... Man, we were giving people, we were giving parents money, like to get food, right? We had homeless parents. I filled up gas tanks, all this stuff. Like love is not a word, it is an action. And if yeah. you truly love your community, especially right now, when everybody needs love, what I just said is something everybody can do. And maybe you a parent, maybe as a parent, you like, you know what? I'm just going to open up my crib, but we just going to do this thing. I'm going to have some food. Let's just kind of talk about what this year is looking like. And let's talk about where we're going to get that supplemental education from, especially with all this CRT bull crap. Right. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. You wasn't getting CRT before either. You wasn't getting your real history and stuff before either. So you need yeah. to come together as parents and students now and figure out a plan to make sure you can fill in those gaps so your kids don't grow up hating themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm 100 uh, with you on that. Um, I, I wanted to deliver a message for parents in terms of how they can get engaged, but I'm gonna wait because I need a couple more likes. <laughs> oh, get your likes! And I know. And, and, Reef, and Reef, I didn't mean to I'll cut wait. you off. Reef. I, Reef, you no, no, I was just, I was just like, I was doing the amen, John. I was just agreeing, amen, amen, Ashe. You know, I was just like, I was feeling it. You know, I think it's, uh, yeah. Man, <laughs> so but but what I, but, but but what I wanted what I wanted to say though, right, was that um you know I feel like I feel like what 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 COVID has done for us, right? Is COVID has let us know that we could be um, and we could we could think outside of the box in terms of like how we engage parents, right? If we want so, to, so yeah, if we, if we want to, right? If you want to engage parents, you can now think outside of the box in terms of how you engage them. And so now the barometer is not how many parents show up to a back to school night. That's no longer the barometer because you know, in some people's eyes, white folks, if you are not at the back to school night, if you are not at those curriculum nights, if you are not at the one day in the one hour that they designate for report card day in order to come pick up your, your kid's report card, then in their minds, some of them, you don't love your kid, right? But now 
we're able to offer parents a unique opportunity to log on. We can send them a Google Meet. We can send them a Zoom and say, hey, listen, I will meet with you during your time. What time is good for you, right? And so now you can kind of block things off, still use the same amount, the same hour or whatever that you were going to have. And you can now have multiple meetings, right, uh, via, via the Internet in which parents can log on and they can ask their questions and get their questions at, uh, answered. But a, a lot of times what I see with, with back to school nights and when parents have a lot of, a, a ton of questions is because things weren't explained to them correctly. Right. Like you only have a question when you don't really understand what's being said, what's, what's being said to you. And so, you know, folks need to stop talking at parents. Right. And start talking to parents. Say that one more time. Folks need to stop talking at parents and talking to parents. You better make them and touch I, and agree, brother. That boy preaching. <laughs> you know, and I, I would push it, push it a little bit further, too. Right. Like, you know, I, and I think part of it is, you know, um, at or to. Yes. But I, I think, you know, folks inside of schools and districts have to do a lot more listening. Like they should actually stop talking mm-hmm. um, and actually listen. They should actually, you know, hear from the families like this is what I want. This is what my expectations are. This is what my child's strengths are, right? Instead of them saying like, oh, here's all the rules. Like, no, you know what? Actually, let the families tell you what their rules are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, tell them what they're, you know, instead of you, a uh, school always saying, here's what our expectations are, blah, blah, blah. No, let, let the families share their expectations with you. And, and you know what we did with that reef? So we had programming, but there was a lot of times, especially if it was a small group, we would just do a circle and then we would not say anything. We would just let them talk. We would, if you need a talking stick or whatever, whatever was comfortable for that group and we would just listen and we had somebody writing everything, right? And making sure that it got said back. Here go another piece of agentic game for people, right? Uh, mute yourself, Reef, or what, somebody mute yourself. It's, it's, a, it's an echo, but um, here go another piece of agentic game. Why you think it was me? Cause, cause it didn't come. It didn't happen till you got on here. Um, but uh, <laughs> me, me and Ray been chilling. It's, it's I, I, all think you, it, I think it's the Republic of the Bananas. That's <laughs> but here, here's the thing, right? Acts, and especially in middle schools and high school, if you got a child or you are a student, ask if you can go to these meetings or go to some of these things where these uh, this information is happening. Ask if you can live tweet from the account to make sure that the bullet points get out there or live Facebook or whatever the case is. You can get fifty dollars, a hundred dollars or something like that. It's in the budget. And if it ain't in the budget, somebody will pay for that. Right. Like I'm telling you, like information is so valuable. And I promise you, if such and such high school is like we're going live and they're they are making sure that all this stuff is not just in the notes in the closed space, but these notes are there where they can go back to and get later. I'm telling you, all these little things help, man. They all help. So that's just a little bit of game. I would have paid any kid at any school that said they wanted to do that. I would have paid them out of my pocket, like because it's so valuable to the community. And fifty dollars is still a lot if you are 13 or 14 years old. I'm a hustler, bro. I tell y'all know me. I'm I'm sick in the head with this, bro. I'm I'm a hustler. <laughs> just combine your hustle with like good stuff, and it's a beautiful thing. That's all. I thought you were about to start rapping. I'm I wasn't, brother. Baby. You ain't never heard me rap ever, brother. I was not. I, I think I did, but okay. All you right. have not, brother. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, you you know what makes me nervous, man? It's because you know I know that a lot of a lot of school leaders are gonna come in uh, in the fall 
And uh, one of their number one professional developments is going to be anti-racist teaching, right? And so, you know, you, you have people that are on the fence in terms of like, right, where do I stand with this, right? And so, you know, there are going to be some people that are going to be oppositional in terms of like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to learn that. I don't want to. I don't need that. Right? Yeah. I don't need that, right? That's not, that's not what I that's not what I need, right? And so, you know, you know me, I'm already ready. Right, I'm ready to get sued. If you don't need that, you better get the hell up out of here because you can't teach my kids. That's my energy, man. So, Reef, uh, for, for 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 folks, you know, for, for for folks that are gonna fall into that bucket, you know, you're you're training teachers. Like, you know, how how should school? What advice do you have for school leaders? Um, you know, I just gave them my advice. Check them out. But what's your what's your what's your advice for 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 school leaders that are gonna that are gonna um, you know, take that on? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, two things, two things come to my mind. I think I've, I've seen uh, a lot of school leaders who are saying, hey, our teachers need this. And when you ask them, hey, what work have they done to wrestle with their identity, their um, excavate their biases? They're like, I haven't. Right. And so, you know, one, it's a collective, it's the entire ecosystem. Like people shouldn't just like, oh, yeah, that group of people within this ecosystem that goes for district leaders as well. Don't just say, oh, teachers need this. And yes, they're they absolutely do. They're in proximity to students. But those policies are laden with biases, racial biases, they're, they're those policies where, you know, those decision um,s that you make, all of that also have inherent biases built in racial biases baked in. And so it needs to be everyone. And, and the best thing that leaders can do is, is lead, lead by example as well. You know, be a part of these professional developments. Don't just, you know, say, oh, yeah, the teachers, everybody go to one on one and you sit in your office while they're working on supposedly working on some culturally responsive stuff or, you know, uh, trying to excavate their biases and stuff. And. You have to have conversations. I, th- I still think, Ray, and you know this, there's so many school leaders that are afraid to talk about race. You know, and if they're if they can't do it, how does anybody else, you know? Um, and there are a lot of places where it's, it's actually staff who are leading the work. Yeah. Um, the leaders are lagging behind. And those are also things that need, you know, because one is a lot of this, you know, at least back in the day, you know, if they're older, they, they weren't talking about this in their uh, teacher prep, their principal prep, their, you know, so it has to be like this absolute willing and commitment and understanding. There are plenty of folks that don't even have that, and they are in leadership positions despite the fact that they are not leading. All right, so I'm gonna give leaders some game. So, uh, school leaders, if you if you are a school leader in a school, then you set the tone for that building, right? And so, if you're not willing to have difficult conversations and critical conversations about race, then you can't expect for anybody else to have those conversations about race. So it's kind of like a trickle down effect in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, the um, the embodiment of that building takes on the personality of the school leader. So if you got a lazy school leader, then you're going to have lazy teachers. If you got a, te- uh, a school leader that leads by example, that will get in, that will do the work, you know, and, 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 and make sure that the teachers need the teachers do what they need, like a Tommy Henley that's uh that's that's in the audience right now on LinkedIn. Shout out to all the folks that are kicking it with us on LinkedIn right now, right? But if you got if you got people that are that, that are willing to get out and like do the work like that and have those types of conversations, then that trickles down the kids, it builds the capacity of those students, right? And then you're gonna have a kick-ass school. But if you're not willing to do the work yourself as a school leader, then you can't expect the teachers to want to do the work either. 
Yeah. And we talked about this over the weekend, man. This uh, mindset is everything. And, and and the mindset is like it shapes the orientation, shapes the direction. Um, it shapes how you're going to problem. Because nobody's saying like, oh, there will never be issues or challenges. It's about like, but your mindset informs you how you're going to respond to it. Your mindset informs how you're going to learn from it. You know, your mindset is like, okay, how am I going to center the students? Right. And I feel accountable for their outcomes. So, oh, yeah, even if I think I I don't need to deal with, uh, you know, racial biases, I understand that black and brown students learn best from those who understand their culture, understand them, have the optimal level of outlook about them and the people that love them then I'm going to work on it. If I understand that I live in a society that's constantly giving messages that are anti-black and anti-brown. And unless you're some kind of, you know, demi guy, like you're in, you're ingesting that, right. And understand like, Hey, you know what? I have to clear my mind of the smog that is constantly being, you know, um, injected into me. If you, if you can't like really think about that and understand that you're, you're going to do harm. Um, to kids in a variety of different ways. I, I hope people got their pen and paper, man, because uh, I think we've been giving out some really practical things. And in my final thoughts, when we get there, I'm going to just rehash mine. So if you don't have it, get it get it ready. Uh, I'm just going to rehash what we, what we did. You, you can take it off me, brother. <laughs> so so yeah. it's like, I got you, bro. Yeah. Shout out to yeah, Josh, so, so, man, for, for for being behind the boards, man. Yeah, we appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Yo, that dude has a that dude had a busy weekend too, and he's still here. Like, yo, get getting it in with the hands this weekend, man. So shout out to the super producer. Uh, absolutely. Shout out, shout out to the super producer. But so, so but so fellas, right before we get into like this final thought, you know, uh, I'm not sure that you you were able to give parents like some takeaways or whatever. So like, let's start with you. Give parents two takeaways of things they should be doing this fall in order to make sure that you know they're gut checking their schools in order to make sure they're getting what they need for their kids, even through you know, this whole, this whole COVID uh, pandemic and, and with the Delta variant uh, uh, playing a role as well. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. Well, well, one thing I would ask, um, you know, encourage families to do is uh, ask their teacher, it's just very specific, their child, what are the goals for my child? Like, where are they? And what's going to, you know, what are you doing to support them in their growth? And where do you expect them to be by end of the year, by mid-year? Um, because that can inform how you support that, if you agree with it, all of that. So I would ask very specifically, don't let them just say, oh yeah, we're all like, this is where just doing some nebulous, you know, roundabout stuff. Ask very explicitly about your child, where they are, what skills there that they'll be working on, what do they need. Um, and then the second thing is actually outside of the school, you know, um, find ways to supplement mm-hmm. um, whatever it is that your child needs. It may and it, it may not come. It may be in the school like from another teacher. It may be a, a EC program or whatever, but find like, hey, you know what? This is my supplemental plan uh, that, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. That's yeah. Uh, so, so a uh, couple things I want to do right now, right? Uh, you know, you know, I, don't, I know we're coming up to the end, but I want I want to shout out some of our Patreon members, man. So like, we got Jamoke hitting and, and uh, rocking out, <laughs> rocking out in the comments or whatever. Yeah, Jamoke, thank you Mama Jamoke. for being a, 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 a patron. Uh, and then I also want to shout I want to shout out David Castillo, man. Hey, Castillo produced his first show this weekend uh, on Friday, and hey, and it, and it was it was an absolute masterpiece. You know, I, I got an invitation to come on at the last minute and I wasn't able to make it from uh, Banana Republic to the room in order to log on. But uh, I was engaged the whole time 
and uh, it was it was it was a really it was a really good show. So shout out to Castillo, self determination crew. I think that uh, Charles, we need to bring self determination on. I know you changed the name. I don't know the name. We haven't changed it yet, but we will. We, we yeah. And right. and, I, and I and I hit David late, but I, to come on today. But he 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 de- they definitely want to be on. So we'll we'll wait. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Okay. Cool. All right, and then uh, Mama Toya, want to shout her out. I, I, I'm hearing some rumblings about this new about this new book and this new book club that's about to happen uh, on August the first. So shout out to Mama Toya for uh, for getting that thing rocking and rolling. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, having some office hours with patrons, and we're all uh, looking forward to having some uh, more opportunities to engage with our patrons. So if you are not a member of the Patreon, you need to get there because we're about to make some things happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, did you want me to roll in the final or? Yeah, you can do that. I can get my final. And and you said some of mine, Sharif, so I might repeat some, but y'all have it ready. Here are the, th- the points that I made uh, that I want y'all to stay with. Number one, like this ain't the time for semantics. Like, you know, we talk about being asset based. A lot of people talk about being asset based. I'm asking you right now to just be asset based. You know what I mean? Like just be asset based. Set the example and uh, how you talking about people during this during these times. Two, I think that this is the time for modular education. I think school leaders should try to figure it out and be creative. I think there should be a way to uh, appease families, educate people and let people feel safe. And we've learned some lessons in COVID. I'm asking our educators to be the scholars that we need them to be and figure out some solutions on that. Uh, Three was demand data. Figure out what shape your school is in and ask some direct questions. Did we lose any kids? Did we, how many teachers did we lose? Do we have all the classes covered? Are any classes overflowing? This is your right to ask. Again, all the transparent folks, all the people that talk about transparency, this is a transparency question that you get to ask. Ask it and then put it in writing and ask in an email so you have a record of it. Four, this is the time to request an IEP or some type of... Uh, I would want to be in direct contract with my district, my school or whatever the case is. And again, even if they deny it, even if they don't want to do it or you don't qualify or whatever, if you put it in writing, the district or your school is obligated to respond by law, especially if you put it in writing. The times vary. Some places it's 30 days, some places it's 90. Uh, as we reiterated too, out of school supports like the boys club, churches, supplemental places, we should actually learn from other cultures and how they're doing this stuff, even when it ain't COVID. Because again, I don't think your school is going, and if you are getting this from your school, you are very blessed. But on, on, the, on the normal, on the norm, most people, especially black folks, they're not getting that real history. They're not getting all the facts. They're not learning about how to deal with money. They're not learning these other things. And they're not leaving feeling full because they're not getting their full history. And now that that stuff is starting to get outlawed by law, it's more important now than ever. Hold your boys club and your and, and your groups and all those other nonprofits in your community accountable because they getting that good tax break too. Uh, superintendent parent form or teachers parent form or principal parent form. Like you all have the power to bring your people together and reassure them. And it's okay to not have the answers. It's okay to say you're scared. Parents actually are pretty understanding if you're straight up with them. Like they will see your humanity, but you're going to piss them off if you keep denying them, avoiding them and not giving straight answers. That's going to be a problem. And then finally, 
like, oh, well, I just said it, leaders and teachers. Uh, the same thing I said for teachers and principals, I'm going to say the same thing for you as parents. It's okay not to know. You don't have, I, I, you're not going to know everything. It is a scary time. It is a different time. You can be easy on stuff, but just ask the question. Ain't no stupid questions right now. Ask them, ask away. And that's their job to answer them or get somebody to answer it for you. Uh, we love y'all, man, but y'all got to be agentic this year in a way you ain't never been. And it ain't fair, but this ain't about fair. This is about your baby. So that's what I got. And it was good to see y'all. And it's hot as hell in this house. So let's get this off of me. <laughs> hey, so, hey, 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 so, so real quick, we're going, we're going, we're going to uh, uh, pitch a, 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 a Honeywell thermometer that Charles could control. I got, listen, I got a Nest. I got a Nest, right? But when I got here, yeah. I had to just turn it on because I had to run around. So I just turned it on before the show. So it just ain't kicked in all the way. And I'm giving y'all energy, baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. out here. I'm like a pastor in this thing. You feel me? It's time yeah. to give. I Wait a second. This is the best gift. Oh, okay. This is the best right. thing I've hey, ever so, bought hey. in my life. Uh, yo, you, you, yo, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so go yeah, ahead, Ray. You can go there with it. It is. It. It, it, it is I love it. Time. It's collection time, right? <laughs> and so, you know, the the, the 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 offering that we want today, we want likes and shares, right? So that's the offering that we that we coming to the table with today. But you know, and, and, and my final thoughts, my final thoughts are really simple, right? So you know, for the folks that don't know, like we we were we were on a, a APH retreat, and so if some of us sound, you know, if all of us sound enthused and recharged or whatever, it's because you know we have a real commitment towards our communities and getting our communities what they need in terms of like educating uh, black and brown babies. And so, uh, as Charles said earlier, and I want to double down on this, this is a labor of love because you know, I'm tired as hell right now. Like, you know, we done flew from, from middle America uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I got some things, I got some stomach things happening right now. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm still here and I'm still, I'm still, I'm still with y'all, giving y'all everything I got. And so, you know, um, you know, look forward to some amazing things that are going to be happening from the hands. Um, and, 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 and we love y'all and, 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 and peace. I'm swinging the reef, uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, no, you know, I'm glad to glad to be here. Good to see you. It was good to hang out with your brothers all weekend, and and I'm um, glad we shout out shouted out some of the the uh, Patreon members. You know, looking forward to you know just uh, getting back in there and engaging them on, on different levels. I would say, listen, you know, to paraphrase uh, Fred Moten, um, you know, like this this. Uh, our children's safety, it's a, it's an activity. It's not an achievement. Like it's, you know, we can never let up, um, you know, never let up. It's, it's going to be a, a constant probing and you can't be there. So please make sure you're having those conversations with your children now and later, you know, um, every day beyond how was school, you know, come up with like, what are the specific things that you're going to ask them about a particular class or when did they feel most comfortable? Who do they feel the most comfortable with? Who do they feel challenged with? Which classroom do they feel most supported? Start asking those kind of probing questions because many of you got, many of us, I should say, got more insight through the, uh, through the Zoom rooms 
And so, you know, just by walking by and seeing, seeing how they reacted and where they were uh, slouching or sitting up, leaning forward, engaged, even if they're in person, try to not forget that type of access. Um, and, and just please, they are, they are that they also have to self-advocate as well. And that takes practice. It takes practice. So let's start practicing with our youth about scenarios that they've experienced in the past that they may experience in the future so that they can advocate and they can communicate with you and not letting things, um, you know, uh, slide. And at the end of the day, please have your expectations on hand and ready and letting um, those of us who are educators within schools, within districts, let us know um, very specifically. These are what your expectations are. These are what your goals are. Have your child also uh, communicate the same thing and support them in, in, in advocating for themselves in, in that way. And ask your school, what are, how are they spending those biting bucks? What specifically are they doing? And what are the outcomes that they're expecting from that whatever investment that they're making? All right. You so you, so I'm you loving, guys, I'm loving listening. the stroller too, bro. I'm loving that. That's that's what's up. That's bro, what's up. Like, hey, I'm, I'm at my in law. I'm at my in laws house, man. So a lot of things happening. Hey, so so, <laughs> uh, you guys have listened to the Eight Black Hands podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us. Thank you for rocking out with us. Uh, we'll see you soon. Love is in there. Yeah. Peace. Peace out. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole. El Mecky and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.